You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Nishpach betoch beiso kemayim. Eino b'chlau brocha. Unless wine is poured in your house like water, then it's not included in the brocha. Hmm. What are we talking about? First of all, what does it mean wine gets spilled in your house like water? Uh, you know, that's one question. The other question is, what brocha do you mean? So the first thing to do is say, let's read on and see what's, what, 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 what are we quoting and that we have Shenemar. And this is a Pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim, a very important Pasuk about how service of God works, and you can see it's on the side, number eight. Serve God. God will will distribute bracha in your bread, and that bracha will also be distributed in your water. And then God says, God will eliminate, or at least push away the machla that has infected you. So these are the segulas of being an Eved Hashem. Bracha in your food, which as the Ramban says, and the Eben Ezra before him, if what you take into your system is all in the best, on the best level, health-wise, it will result in no illness or the illness being pushed back. Food, your diet is so crucial, or at least the baracha that God puts into that food. That's the simple shot in the Pasuk. Now, Chazal are going to somehow indicate that, that this idea of, of your water being blessed Let's take a look. Ma lechem shenikach bekesef meiser, af mayim shenikach bekesef meiser, uma niu yayin vikokori le mayim. A whole bunch of jumps just happened. A whole bunch of jumps happened. What happened? First of all, we made a gzereshova. We connected, or at least a hekish, between the bread and the water that's mentioned in the Pasuk. Now, we know bread is nikach bekesef meiser. Now, I said meiser sheni because that's what we're talking about. Um, we know that meiser sheni is a mitzvah uh, that uh, happens on the third and the, uh, on the, um, the first and second years and the fourth and fifth year. And it really uh, created an incredible situation for the Jewish people which was that not only were people enjoying the bounty of the harvest, but they would be traveling more often than they expected, perhaps, to Yerushalayim and spending more time there. There was the idea, the Torah says, uh, A very interesting rationale for the mitzvah of Meisr Sheni, that it's in order for you to come to understand Yeras Hashem, and that really shows you that 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 Yiras Hashem uh, is dependent many times on the, the environment around you. And if you're going to Yerushalayim, which we know is 
a place that's going to have the base Hamikdash, it's going to have the Sanhedrin, it's going to be a place that by, by definition as the capital is going to have a great uh, embodiment of the best of the Jewish people. You're going to be affected by that, and that's going to lead you to year. It's hard in, in, in Des Moines, Iowa. It's hard in the middle of Butte, Montana, uh, or anywhere, to have year as Hashem. But if you spend an intense period in Yerushalayim, so that is going to lead to year as Hashem. And what's going to get you to, to spend that time in Yerushalayim? You're, you have either the money or the payros of Meister Shani that need to be eaten there. And if you have money, you're going to go to Yerushalayim, and there's nothing that a person likes better than in a vacation than spending money. And he's spending money on food. So that is what Meister Shani money was spent on. And we know that one of the things that you don't spend money on Meister Shani, in fact, you cannot know what, let me explain this better. The payros of Meister Shani, the kedush of those payros are transferred to the money. That's called being machalel de kedusha. That's called being machalel de kedusha of the payros onto the funds. Then, when you now, the funds are now holy, the funds have kedusha. Now, with these funds, you now buy payros. So now the kedusha leaves the money and is transferred into the payros. And when a regular Jew eats the payros, he's now in a way, like a koyan in a way, or eating truma, he's eating payros meister sheni in Yerushalayim. Now, in order for those, those funds to transfer into food, it needs to be a certain type of food. It needs to be lechem. Or some, it can't be water or salt. Those are very important elements. But water doesn't work for Meister Shani. So therefore, um, what we see there is that bread, even though we say bread and water are minimum, bread stands higher than water. Because bread is the type of thing, not only that, that you actually, uh, that you can use for Meister Shani. And for some reason, Chazal understand that if God's giving a bracha to us, and he's mentioning bread, as the Pesach says, the water is also somehow not just water. Now again, the simple pshat in Pesach is obviously the water, because water is crucial to life. And it's what you bathe in, and it's what you drink, and but, but Chazal have, have now taken that Pusik and, and really changed it and said, well, we know what bread is. Bread is so important that you, that the Kedusha of Meiser Shani money goes into it. And when you eat that bread, it's like you're eating a, a, a truma for a Yisrael. So it must be the water that was talked about is also something that can be elevated with Meiser Shani that has that potential. So what is that? Malechem shenikach bekesef meiser, af mayim shenikach bekesef meiser. Well, what water or liquid can you buy with meiser? Umay niu yayin. 
Now, again, I, I, I'm not sure if there's any other liquids that you can use. Is there any other liquids that you can buy with Meister Shaney money? Is wine the only one? Right now, I don't know. I, I'm blanking on it. I, I it, Right? Um, on uh, Rabbi, on, uh, on Sukkot, don't we have uh, water libations? I, I agree with you. Water is very important. Nisach, but the, but it sounds like Henechem raises a good point. It's one of the big avodas of Mayim. But Chazal here are, and you have to wonder where what is pushing Chazal to say this. What's what is pushing Chazal to say it? Um, and in fact, Tosfos right away says, "Don't think this is the Pashup shot." Tosfos says, "Pashta dikra." Mayamamish. Of course, the simple pshat is that God blesses your water. Because what does it say at the end of the Pesach? And do you know how uh, everyone knows that, that contaminated water leads to illness? Clean water is, 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 is a recipe for health. And where do we see that water gave Rafua? He says, by the Maymara. The Maymara, God cause the waters to be sweet. And what it's called, So you see, water is is is, is connected to Rafuas. So Tosus is out there telling us this is Medrash. This is Chazal's Drash. Push it in the Pasik, it doesn't mean water. But this is the means of getting someplace. Does it mean it's totally made up by Chazal? Did they have a tradition? That's also possible. Let's see what the tradition ends up telling us. It ends up telling us that somehow water and wine have a similarity and that sometimes wine is water. Sometimes water means wine. Okay. Now, So now let's finish the drash. What are we learning from that Pasik? That bracha that God gives us to be healthy. You need to have your water gets gets a bracha. <laughs> your water gets a bracha. It's not your water. It's your wine. But why are we calling it water? Because for you, wine is water. And that's the way the bracha happens. In other words, unlike the Watosus tells us, that God and the Ramban and the Eben Ezra, that if we serve God correctly, the water, our water systems, our rain, the water that, that we drink and we bathe in will be healthy and allow us to be well, it's a special supernatural aspect. That God will berech es mecha. The way God allows the bracha to happen is what we do. The way we treat our, the way we treat wine. Now, what do we mean that we have to treat wine like water? So again, let, let me re- restate this. 
the simple shot in the Pesach is if you serve God, God will make sure you're healthy. And the way he makes you healthy is by making, is, is by, 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 by blessing, so to speak, what it is you take into your system. Chazal say that that Pesach speaks about a bracha. And it also says it has the word water in it. And water seems to be out of place because water is not a match for bread. It must be that the way the bracha, one of the keys to allow the bracha to happen is for you to treat water, wine like water. I, I think what that means, Rabbi, is if you treat wine like water, just like when, you, when you're satiated by water, you should not drink too much wine. You should stop at a certain point. Okay. Um, but let, let, me, let me ask you, Hanach, let's go back to the words. Kol she'ein yayin nishbach betos beso kemayim. Eino bechlal brocha. In other words, God's giving brochas. That's in Parshas Mishpotim. But since wine, I'm sorry, since water means wine in the Pusik, that Pusik could only apply to someone whose attitude to wine is like water. What does it mean his attitude of wine is like water? That he doesn't drink too much. Hmm. That's what it means? I think. Okay, let, let's read the words again. That wine doesn't get poured in his house like water. Now, Henoch, what's more expensive, wine or water? Wine. Right. So it says, Right? Um, in other words, <laughs> wine doesn't get poured in his house the way water gets poured. Which means... Henoch is learning that water, everybody drinks, but he's very cheap on his wine. In other words, he's careful with his wine. Good. But if that's true, Henoch, that the negative says that if you're cheap or you're careful, you don't get the bracha. In other words, you, in other words, you're reading it, according to you, it should be, um, that if you, it should be that if you drink too much, you don't get the bracha, right? But here it says that if you, if you're cheap on the wine or you don't have so much wine poured, you won't get the bracha, which is the side of the shot. But that's the opposite, Hannah. I know, I know it is. So that, according to this, Rapapa is saying you need to have a lot of wine in your right, house. Right, right, right. Which means you're drinking a lot. That's right. Because could that be what we're trying to say? Again, we, we, we the the Gemara can't be the Gemara can't be advocating for that. Sheila Avrami, what do you think? Is that what the Gemara is telling us? That you need to have you need to have this bacchanalian hedonistic. Uh, ask- so what does it mean, what does it mean, Sheila? I don't know, but it can't mean that. <laughs> um, I, either it means that um, you should have a lot of because there's you know to, the mitzvahs that are incumbent on wine. I don't know. I'm, I'm try, I, don't, I don't know what what else, what it would mean. But does uh, anybody see a remis here to one of the minhagim that we have 
every week. I see a little remez here. Kosh Bracha. Yeah, especially which which by Havdalah, right? It it sounds like this is sort of like what because people who are involved in Havdalah, we we pour the wine over and we seem to like almost waste some of it, right? We 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 over like we go to the top and then we let it spill over, which on on some level seems to be wasting, right? Um, Maybe maybe it means. You're not supposed to have too much wine. It should be a balance. That's- I know. I know what you'd like it to say, Hannah. I just say the words don't seem to justify that. All right. No, 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 no. In other words, Hannah, you might be right. Maybe there was they drank so little water at that time. You know, that could be. We could go the opposite. That in those days, water was a precious and and difficult commodity to have poured in the house, either because they weren't used to drinking it or because it was hard to get clean water. So if you treat your wine like water, meaning less wine, that would, that's what you'd have to say. What, what does Rashi say? Rashi doesn't say anything, does he? Didn't they used to wash their clothing in white wine? If you were rich, right? No, no. And that like, you know, like to get out, to make it, that was like a cleansing. Well, it, it could be. Again, Hanukkah is correct. What does Rashi say? So Rashi says, Lo higia lesof bracha gemura. So I'll tell you what I get from Rashi. I get from Rashi that it's not what you're supposed to do to get the bracha. Now it's Rashi sort of in Tosfus's league here. In Tosfus, this isn't so far from Pshat. In other words, I set up a, a, a dynamic here. Tosa says, you're going to be healthy because you'll have water and, and whatever you eat. That's the simple shot, and this way you won't be sick. And we see in the Torah, water is always cleansed and water always becomes better. Rashi is learning, and this is what my, my Havana from Rashi, is that the, you're going to be Ayyavad Hashem and you're going to have a brocha. But from the way the Torah describes the bracha about using water, which is a cheap item, it sounds like the way the bracha really happens fully is only where you have so much wine that it's like water to you. In other words, the, the, the heckish tells you since it puts bread and water together, that water means wine. And it's called wine to tell you, it's called water to tell you that a bracha of of having your food, it's only a bracha if there's so much wine that you can afford to pour it out like water. Lohigia lesof bracha gemura. Even if you're, even though you're, oh, I got a lot of other money. What about my lands? Okay. What about uh, other wheat? Okay. What about other things that you own? But the fact that when God gives the prototypical bracha, he says, mecha, and we know that's wine, a bracha is only a bracha if it results in, a, in, in such amount of wine in your house that you could use it like water. Now, it doesn't mean you drink it like water, 
but that you have so much wine that your attitude towards it is the same attitude someone would have with water. And if you don't have so much wine, not necessarily Hanukkah drinking it, <laughs> although if it's cheap, you will end up drinking it. If you don't have so much wine, you haven't got the full bracha. Lohigia was sof bracha gemura. And that's what we're trying to say, that that abundance of wine is a symbol of bracha of God. Well, that's the proof when they used to go to Yerushalayim and, re- and redeem the miser, they had a lot of wine. So it, it reinforces okay. uh, Rav, what Rav Papa says. Yes, you're right. It, the fact is, is that you definitely feel wealthy when you're there with what you can buy. But that's all, according to this, this is what, this is what the, uh, this is the way I would, uh, this is what Rashi has allowed me uh, to understand. The next Rashi just goes into the details about Meiser Shani, uh, and Rashi gives you what you need to know. Rashi says just that you're allowed to buy it. You don't have to. Shemuter lulilcho because of Meiser Shani Yerushalayim. That uh, it's one of the things that the money can be spent on. Okay. So basically, again, Rashi has helped. It doesn't mean that go to this guy's house and the wine's flowing everywhere. It means, I guess, is that it could flow and maybe therefore you do give out the wine much freer because, and that's a sign that you have the complete bracha of the Torah. Not much of a lesson there, is it? Uh, <laughs> is it a bracha because you spend more money on wine than water? You, you, well, you don't have to, in other words. You you see God loves you and God is taking care of you because of the wealth that you have. So you see that you are truly blessed with wealth. And the, and the sign of that wealth is the amount of wine that you have. That's the way Rashi learns the Gemara. Um, and if, if it hasn't gone that far... You, you have still not completed the bracha of the Torah. And that's what you see. V'ilo lo. Okay. Um, I am, uh, to me, this interpretation is still a little bit lacking. It took us a while to get there through the Rashi, through the Gemara. There's not a great lesson for Khan and Bar Papa here, other than the fact that you're only considered wealthy if you have that much wine. So I'm going to turn to my best friend in Erevin, the Me'iri. Let's see what the Me'iri says. And maybe the Me'iri gives us a moral lesson that Rashi doesn't. And I think Sheila might have seen this when you were learning your, uh, when you're doing your Dafyomi. Look what he says. Um, now, this is obviously a mistake here. There's some sort of uh, hundreds of what? Barrels. Even if he has hundreds of barrels of wine, the man is the greatest wine merchant of all time. He's Rothschild plus. What he's doing is he gives the wine out. He has a lot of wine, but he doesn't drink it. Why does he have so much wine? Because he's the guy that provides wine for everyone. 
He's providing wine. Um, right? And it doesn't mean that he drinks it. Vaday barkato an loshi yachavin lishtos. And he's not having all this wine in order to drink it and not to give others. That's bad. What does that mean, you pouring it to everyone in your house? Meaning, oh, here's a poor guy, give him a bottle. Oh, here's the guy who doesn't have, who lost his job, give him a bottle of wine. Klomar, So, so, and that is what the Pasuk is, that's a message already, according to the Meiri. When did Meiri live? So he he lived in the 14th century, in the 1300s. He died, I think, 1324. So, thank you. And that's what it means. If you are going to give wine to others, that means you are blessed and you'll have more. That's what the Torah, so according to Miri, it's really a, a, a message of, 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 of how one should, in other words, we know that there are rich people, and we know there were rich people in the time of Chazal that had uh, wine cellars full of wine, and we knew they had orchards, but they, they kept it in the cellar, they gave it out freely, that's what it meant, nishpach kamayim. And if, and if that's the way you act with the wealth, then you really have the bracha. Then it's not just for you to drink and for you to party and for you to get drunk on. So that's already a moral lesson that the Miri has helped us with. Let's that's fin- a good shot. Right. And that you don't get that from Rashi. Let's take a look at... Um, you, you didn't understand the Gemara without this. I agree. Now we get to the last piece of Gemara, the way everything is finished. Um, Rabbi Loy. Uh, Rabbi Loy, you might remember, was the person who saw Rabbi Gamliel and, and, and gave us the testimony about Torah, about how you're a mater and neder and everything. So he says, odam nikar. There's three ways a person can be recognized. This is a famous Gemara, right, Rabbi? Very famous. And people love this Gemara. It only, as you can take a look at the Mesoras Hashas, it only appears here and in the Mesechtas Derech Eretz Zuta, as you can see. Dalet Aleph Zuta Perikei Ash. Again, I, I should have really done a little bit better teaching here and taught you what this Aleph means. You can see Da Zuta Pa Ash. Okay, this is this is one of the Mesechtos Ktanos, which I haven't given much discussion with this Mesechtos Sofrim, Mesechtos Kala Rabosai. There's a number of non-Mesechtos. You know, we talk about finishing Shas. There's a number of pseudo-Mesechtos that you can find in many uh, Gemaras in the back of Gemara Avodah And those were collections that were probably put together in the time of the Gaonim. So the Gaonim, uh, and, and many times, what's in Masech the Sofrim and other places is different than what we have in the Talmud and in the Mishnah. So that's an, a discussion for another time, how we deal with this. Is that a real Masech Am I really learning? And, and again, it, it, it's a fascinating subject, but the fact, you can see sometimes these little Masech 
pilfer out some of the ideas from the major Brysas and Mishnayos. And one of them is this, Hanach, a Rabbi Wei statement. So let's, let's explain it briefly. Bekoso, Bekiso, Bekaso. Now, what does that mean? I can tell who you are based on your cup. Now, obviously, the alliteration is crucial here. The, the alliteration is what makes it work. That's how you remember it. Kiss, kos, kas. Kiss, kos, kas. Right? Sis, boomba. Kiss, kos, kas. Kos, kiss, kas. Okay. But why does it work so well? Because it's so true. Let's look at your cup. Im daitam yusheves alov bieno. Hmm. Rashi, we talked about this on the page before. Holding your wine, being able not to submit, being like the Sanhedrin. Now I see who you are. Did you let yourself get drunk or did you control your inhibition? Now I see what you are. In other words, this is the test for you, seemingly. So Nikar doesn't mean, like you thought, Hanach, the real person. Most people who know this Gemara think what it means is, now I'll see who you really are. Let's see what you are when you drink. Ah, that's the real guy. Or, how much money are you given? Right? Kiso. How much money does he give to Tzedakah? Right? One of the big attacks on Trump in the campaign was when they um, showed his tax returns, Right? Right. That's that was supposedly the revelation of the real person. Right. That's what the the tax returns show. What were his donations to charity? Right. They did that about the Clintons as well. I remember. So it always. But that's not the way Rashi learns this Gemara. But that is the way this Gemara is popularly understood to mean. Nikar means not a place for you to rise to a challenge. But when this occurs, the real you shows up which is when you're drinking, how much tzedakah you give, or when you deal in business, right? They talk about, you know, Cary Grant was uh, uh, one of the most um, dynamic actors. Uh, he was so good-looking and, and, and a great personality. They talk about that, that he never paid a tip, Um as well, Lucille Ball also, they said, was used to uh, take stuff home from the Desilu studio. She would take the paper clips and things home. There's people that are incredibly cheap. And you say, that's, what's going on? That's, that's an illness. Right. So you, uh, so you wonder about that. Sometimes you say, yeah, when it comes to money, yeah, you know, you're always you're fighting over every cent. Why? Is that the real you? The real you is that cheapskate? Also, Picasso. Now you're mad. You said stuff. Well, I was angry. That's the real you. That is the way I think uh, most people interpret this Gemara. Rashi does not say that, though. <laughs> Rashi says, Bikiso. We already saw Bikoso. Kiso means, When you do business, what you put in your pocket... You don't rip off, you don't steal, you don't chisel. doesn't mean that you're not cheap. It means that you are honest. The guy can trust you. You've never not, well, you never welched on a debt. 
a person uh, give you get you you give the person back every cent that was owed him. You remember debts, if, even though the other person forgot. He entrusts you with that money. You, you give him back to the last cent exactly the way it works out. That's called being no sivinot in bemuna. You give exactly what the person wanted to buy. You don't you don't try to rip the person off. So that's that means that that shows because people can sometimes especially if the other person doesn't have the information the person could say yeah the guy's not going to know i didn't give him exact change no giving the exact change shows you that's the challenge that you need to to prove yourself and also when you get upset prove yourself by ain't no cop than me die you rein it in yes you're mad and sometimes you need to show anger Maybe you don't have to feel anger, but you have to show anger and give a sense of anger because something's wrong in the house. Something's wrong with the people that you're supposed to be training. They need to realize that some, but you don't push it overboard. Ain't no cop than Yosem me die. Now, the, the second two Rashis aren't the proof to my, to what I'm saying. The first one is, Imdaitam Yusheves love Bieno. Now, now, you could say anyone who lets himself get drunk is obviously faulty in personality. Um, but it's not the pshat that this is the real you. That's not the way Rashi learns. Demiri learns, Lefisha dasa adam vitivo midos of nelomamechavero. A person doesn't know what the other person is. Like the Pusik says by Shmuel, we only see the outer person and we don't know who the person really is. In fact, Chazal say, I'm not familiar where this Chazal is, you call B'nai Adam Kalistim. You should treat everybody like they're a highwayman, like they're a, like they're a, a, a robber. I'm not sure where that is and Oh, that's also in, uh, that's in Derech Eretz Rabbah, it looks like. Every, you should treat everybody like, like they are a, a thief. This could help you. This is the way you come to recognize someone. This is, this works almost all the time. Either all of them or some of them. Because if one of these come out, that's evidence to what this person is in terms of his midos. But if he has all three negative, then you know that this person is either good or bad. The first one, of course, is wine. Um... The second one, as he says, is money. And then he gives tzedakah. And you see he's in the div. He's sameach pechelko. With anger. Not like Rashi, who says that he doesn't get too angry. Rashi says that he's moshel. He completely controls himself. And he does not allow himself, he does not allow himself to feel red and insulted. He doesn't answer back. 
V'dvarim elu heim edus chutov hamidos hachashuvos. This shows you who the person really is. And if, and if all in them, you, 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 you pass the test, that's edus, that he's a, a yokar, and he's an ishtvuna, and therefore, if in these three areas he seems to be positive, then you should don him l'kavzchus in everything you see him. Even though you don't know him completely. But these three are a testimony for everything else. Well, that's because he says to judge people as if we're all listed is because of the original sin with Adam and Chava, that the world, that you, you have a Yetzir Hara, and no matter how, how high you are, you still have to do tshuva on Yom Kippur. I, I agree, but you're right. People are inherently, you have to distrust people. That's what it's saying. But if, if you see this, Enoch, if you notice these things about someone, you could, right. then you could, you should give the person the benefit of the doubt. Now, let's go to, let's finish off the Gemara. So the Me'iri, once again, provides us, I believe, a clearer interpretation in the Gemara than Rashi. Again, I, I know I, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to diss Rashi. I'm, I'm, and it could be the Meiri is reading more into it than Rashi does, and the Meiri feels that the Gemara necessitates more reading. Rashi is more of a um, an originalist, perhaps. Uh, Rashi feels that I'm only going to read into it what's necessary. It's not that I don't think what you're saying makes sense, Me'iri, but the Gemara doesn't justify that interpretation at, at this point. But again, the Me'iri is giving us, in both pieces of Gemara, um, a much more of a moral, ethical base. Let's see the next thing. The Amrele. Some say that in terms of Rabbi Loi, there was another one. What is that? Af Besochko. The way he does what? The way he plays, the, his, his humor, right? What is the sochko, right? In the way of, of, of his schok. His schok is also a, a, a symbol of what he could do, of, 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 of a test for himself. Because schok occurs. Do you let the schok get the better of you? Or do you uh, submit to it. There's people, you know, um, uh, who feel well, that people think it's funny to make fun of other people. You're right. So if and once the joking, uh, once the joking begins, they 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 let it they let it go too far. And if in joking the person submits to the joke, maybe that's a sign that there's something wrong with it. That could be. Um, Let's see how the Miri explains Sochko. Let's see. She'enu misnai banoge yeshoro v'vishok omar muhulal. In other words, Sochok means that he doesn't become a fool, right? He doesn't become like idiotic in his Sochok. Now again, in a wedding, we know that the tanoyim would sometimes go go all out, and uh, really be besimcha. But um, I guess what we're trying again, no schok, 
the Mishnah, if you remember, in Perkei Alva says you need miyutzchok. You need some sort of humor. You need to have a humor, not uh, to, to, to be humorous about yourself. But when the schok occurs, what happens? Um, you know, I, I it's, 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 this is a little bit of a, and again, you know, obviously there are certain times that you're supposed to allow yourself a little bit more schok. But I guess the idea is, is that schok is a reality. Um, uh, one way I think is, is that, what what you find funny would be the other interpretation. What what strikes your funny bone is an indicator of what type of person you are. If you find um, Three Stooges humor funny, maybe that says something about you, right? If you find it funny when somebody gets hurt, even in a slapstick way, maybe the smoke is an indicator of who the, again, using a little bit of the Meiri's approach, that it's a window into who you are, one could suggest that what, what, what causes you great amusement tells you a lot. And, you know, the fact that you enjoy something which is a little bit, people say, I like gross out humor. Hmm. Maybe that means it's very close to what you are. Um, and, 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 and that, that could be troubling because there's people who are very, uh, you know, they, they give a, an outward demeanor of being very um, uh, sophisticated, and yet they like their humor very broad. Does that tell you something about who you are, Batsum? Sure. Causes you to laugh? What do you guys, what do you guys think about it? Uh, um, I think you're right, Rabbi. Avrami, Sheila, what do you think? Is, is humor a, a, a microscope in, or a, a, a magnifying glass into the soul, into what you are? No, I think it just, it, rev- it removes your inhibitions. So it's, so to speak, but all of these stressors would remove your inhibitions. And thereby, it's not that, that it would reveal your true self. It would just reveal what you're trying to hold back. <laughs> Which might be your real <laughs> self. Right? Again, speaking All in, in Freudian terms. Yeah. What do you think of Rami? Do you think humor is a, uh, is a barometer about, about what, a, what a person's really about? Or do you think it's unfair to, to use these markers? Yeah. Um, no public comment. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, you know, it could be what Chazal is saying is you need shorthand. Like the Miri, one could say, look, I don't know who this person is, but if you observe a number of things, you could pretty much assume he's okay. Um, remember, if he can, yeah, and, uh, you know, these type of, you know, it, it, playing armchair psychologist is sometimes dangerous. And especially, I think she was, was trying to say this as well. Even if somebody, in his in his in his quagmire protean state is sort of like a a, a three stooges schlepper you know he likes uh, you know he likes this he has a masochistic aspect but he's keeping it in control he's fighting it he's he has he has turned it aside the fact that it can sometimes break through maybe shouldn't be held against them and that's that person's nisayon. It's that person's Messiah to be different, you know, and, 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 and it's true, you know, sometimes, you know, the anger that, that, that if a person loses it, should he now be blackballed forever? You know, that's his, that was his struggle 
was to deal with this with this angry aspect of himself, and now he's he's tried to control that. Um, you know, perhaps you know we we need to be forgiving, and and understand that certain people are born hot tempered. Um, they they have to be careful not to use it as an excuse, and maybe in some ways when that occurs you realize what demons that guy is struggling with, that guy or girl is struggling with. But um, it, it maybe tells you and, and, and tells others where you what you need to work on. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we write you off because we need to appreciate what that per, how far that person has come. Um, I don't know. Does that sound like – does that sound more palatable? to you um knowing i mean you know we we you know, i sometimes use movie references and a, a film and i'll end with this a film that made a lot of a, a impression upon me when i was growing up i don't know if you i'm sure henry saw it henry saw it do you remember the movie Patton? remember yes. that movie yes okay um and, and and one of the most important scenes in the film is when um uh george c scott playing Patton. And it was supposedly based on a real event, went to visit a, uh, a hospital where the wounded were there who had been uh, hurt in battle. And um, many of the people had clearly lost limb or part of their uh, uh, their bodies. And the Patton visited their beds and, and prayed. And then he found the bed of someone who was in the hospital because he had uh, he had he had gone he'd become shell shock, and um, Patton gets enraged at him, and he call he says it's disgusting that you're even here. These are heroes who have given up part of their body, who have almost died, and you're just someone who emotionally can't take it. You have no right to be here. And he actually took his glove in anger and hits. He hit the soldier. And there were uh, reporters that saw this. And they, um, they trumpeted this, this anger and this, 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 this type of attitude that Patton had. And they used this to say that he was unfit to really be the, uh, uh, to be, uh, the head of all the armed forces. And because of that, uh, he suffered throughout his afterwards because people saw that he was um, unbending and how his anger got the best of him. And I think that, you know, when I, when I looked at the film and uh, when I saw it, you know, I wondered, is it fair? Is it fair that a public outburst of when you you lost it, especially when it becomes, you know, in today's period, is it fair that that should now um, uh pigeonhole the person into being that for for and that's what he is or are we supposed to take a, a bigger look at the person and say yes he had this anger issues but he was able to manage them and and i, I think that that's the way again i i think we need to be more forgiving yes it shows that Patton's anger was paramount and he was a person who who who, who perhaps thrived on his anger but it's not necessarily a sign that that he was just an angry, tyrannical person. And I think you know, in today's society, you know, we we take these um, things that go viral, and we use them as the ultimate sign of who a person is. 
and, and we don't realize how complex things are. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 